Hello, hello, and welcome to Words from Ward, Mary Ward's first ever broadcast radio, where teachers and students come together to share their stories and tell their tales. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome or welcome back to Words from Ward, Mary Ward's very own podcast. I'm Juliana. Um, I'm Joseph, and today we're here with Miss McAndrew. Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Miss McAndrew, and I teach history and Canadian world studies, and so happy to be a part of this conversation. All right. Um, and today's topic is um, in respect to Orange Shirt Day, which is this September 30th. Um, and Canada's history of residential schools. Uh, Before we go forward, I just want to issue a small content warning. We might be talking about some pretty sensitive stuff. So um, yeah, just before we get into that, um, Joseph is gonna do a quick land acknowledgement. Out of our deep respect for indigenous peoples in Canada, we acknowledge that all Toronto Catholic District School Board properties are situated upon traditional territories of the Anishinaabek, the Haudenosaunee, Confederacy, and the Wendat peoples. We also acknowledge the land covered by Treaty 13 is held by the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, and Toronto is subject to the, to the dish of With One Spoon Covenant. We also recognize the contributions and enduring presence of all First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people in Tor- Ontario and the rest of Canada. Okay, so um, I think it's only fair that before we talk about Orange Shirt Day, we talk a little bit about the history of why it's called Orange Shirt Day. Um, Joseph, you want to take that part? Um, So first of all, why is it called Orange Shirt Day? Well, um, Phyllis Webstead, um, a residential school survivor, inspired the movement with her story. In 1973, when she was six years old, her favorite orange shirt that had been given to her by her grandmother, along with the rest of her clothes, was taken away on her first day at a BC residential school. The orange shirt has since become a symbol of remembrance for those who were forced to attend Canada's residential schools. Awesome. Um, So I think it's only fair again uh, that for those who don't know what residential schools were, um, we're going to have Ms. McAndrew give a brief description of what they were uh, in the past and its impact on Canada's history. Okay, so uh, residential schools, they were um, uh, government-controlled and often church-run institutions that... um, were built with the um, explicit purpose to quote unquote, as uh, Sir John A. Macdonald said, to, to kill the Indian in the uh, Indian. So the idea was to strip them um, you know, of their identity and force them to assimilate into um, Canadian society. These lasted for well over 150 years, um, the last one closing in 1996. So really, I mean, all the, within all the teachers' living memory. Um, anyway, and so, but with the closing of the schools, it's, it's not just the schools, but it's the intergenerational trauma and then the legacy of those schools. And so that's why it continues to be uh, a current issue, not just something, a chapter in the past, right? We still have to examine that uh, in order to, um, to move our, through way, our way through it, yeah. Yeah, and I actually just found out yesterday doing some research about um, residential schools that there was actually an Indian Act that made it mandatory for every Indigenous child 
to attend a residential school, mm-hmm. and it was actually illegal for yes. them to attend any other educational institution. And that yeah. really surprises yeah. me. Like, I just thought, like, it was forced onto them, but I didn't know it was a law. Yeah. Like, No, and uh, can you imagine being the parent and, you know, the state coming for your children? Yeah. Um, and you literally having no choice, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, your five-year-old uh, taken literally from your arms and, and brought to the school, and, and you have no options. Um, it, like you said, it was it was legal. Like it was illegal for them to to not send their children. So that's crazy. I think definitely like it's important that we like continue to like like learn more about it, especially because I feel as though like we don't really hear much about it. Well, I mean, recently we have, but mm-hmm. I feel like throughout our lives we haven't really heard as much as we should be hearing about mm-hmm. residential schools. So I think it's mm-hmm. definitely important that we have this conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I'm not even too shocked about it, but these kids were assimilated into adopting Euro-Canadian or Christian ways of living. So they were basically not allowed to represent their own heritage and culture, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly sad because they are such a big foundation of Canada and it really breaks everyone's heart, every Canadian's heart to hear that they had to be stripped of it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a form of genocide. Um, oh, yeah, for really, sure. Which is what we are now confronting, right? Yeah. And that's a big word. That's a big word. Yeah. And uh, with a lot to unpack there, and um, politicians definitely don't like to use that word. Yeah. Um, scared of it almost. But, you know, we know that it was um, a form of cultural genocide. Right. Uh, absolutely. And that disconnect. You know, so many... It's not just the schools, but not learning the language, mm-hmm. not knowing traditions, not knowing, you know, their own stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, history is about stories. And often, you know, when you look at the textbooks, like the, the, the decisions that go into what gets put in the textbook, mm-hmm. but also what's left out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And so their stories have been left out. And, you know, we have a reckoning. Too. Yeah. And actually, like, that's actually a, a good point to make about, like, the miseducation of, I feel, students um, in our school system, or actually a lot of, pretty much every school system of like the miseducation of residential schools and like the his like the dark history with Canada mm-hmm. and indigenous people because me and Juliana actually went to the same elementary school and um I don't I don't actually remember them ever talking about like what happens in residential schools just that it was bad they kind of yeah. said like mistreatment and like all that they never really got into what was actually going on well, it's them. hard it's it's a hard conversation to have um you know and and it's been left out so teachers have to get educated on it as well right like those stories were left out of my education um when i was in school and so we need to take ownership and responsibility for that and to educate ourselves right and and not every teacher is at the same point exactly, um, because yeah. it's a journey. Everyone's on their own learning journey, um, yeah. but but we have to start the conversation somewhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just really sad that um, we were talking about this, and the only word we can remember about learning uh, about residential schools was the word pensionnat, which means residential school in French. Yeah. That is the only word I remember, yeah. and mm. it's very sad because they only talked about random or like repetitive aspects of indigenous culture. Um, I remember being taught about like teepees and wigwams, like something very stereotypical, but mm-hmm. not the actual truth. And well, and the meaning behind right. the symbols yeah, and the, and the cultural connections. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they really left that out. I also feel like um, 
they didn't teach us the truth because, as you said, the last one closed in 1996. And it was a long time before it actually got put into the education system. Um, I have a feeling that they didn't want to teach us the truth behind the dark history because we grew up Catholic. We went to Catholic schools with Catholic values. I feel like they, not that they purposely left it out, but I felt like they didn't want to incriminate themselves. Mm. It it adds an extra layer for sure uh, and complexity to an already complex issue and again right. it depends it's everyone's comfort level mm-hmm. right yeah. so not everyone has the ability to um, digest the information in, in, in such a way so you know I think uh, what I'm really happy to see though is I, I feel the shift is happening mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know and especially unfortunately with the discovery you know I think I think there's a reckon. I think there is a reckoning, and I think people are starting to realize that they they have ownership, right, right. over mm-hmm. this, and that it, it's just a part of our reality. And so we need to educate ourselves, mm-hmm. um, including teachers, including yeah. teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it did shock me when I was learning about this um, growing up that um, the religion I represented was partially responsible for it. And it really did break my heart to know that it was administered by the Catholic Church. Yes. Um, and um, it's, it's sad because I remember hearing in the news that um, Justin Trudeau was disappointed of the Pope's decision not mm-hmm. to apologize. Mm-hmm. And I felt like as a Catholic, we bring told all our life, mm-hmm. like you have to forgive and reconcile. Like we go to yeah. reconciliation yeah. when we're mm-hmm. growing up and it's very weird. Like it's kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I just feel like um, I, religion was almost used as, as in like an excuse during times of colonization, especially for why like um, white Europeans were coming to these countries and like, well, I mean, like like culturally mm-hmm. committing cultural genocide um, on all these countries. And I feel like the Catholic Church, while the Catholic Church is not like necessarily responsible. It's kind of said that the Catholic Church was used like as an ex- like an excuse for mm-hmm. um, well, the atrocities that I happened. think I think it's safe to argue though that they are responsible. Oh, for sure. I, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. we you know we have to be careful there and we have to um, you know not give a, them a pass just because oh, yeah. it's deeply connected to oh, us, yeah, no, right? I mean, like, and so we 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 have to we have to hold them accountable. And I think right. I think you can be good Catholics and good Christians mm-hmm. and do that. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, I mean, Jesus t- teaches us to question yeah. authority, right? And and yeah. church is an institution, and institutions take time to to change and evolve. And um, you know, I st- I still have hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that that will happen, but we're in the early stages, I'd yeah. say. I think when I said that, I meant more like, like, like I know that the Catholic Church, um, like the Catholic Church is responsible, but I meant like, like the values of the Catholic Church are, are inherently good. Like that's I think mm-hmm. that's what I meant, right? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah. it's it's just we we just have to be clear about yeah, yeah, yeah. responsibility. Oh yeah, I know for yeah. sure. I, I know yeah. the Catholic Church is yeah. responsible. Yeah, I mean, even the Pope said himself that he can't personally apologize for residential schools when he is the face of the Catholic Church, which does little warnings yeah. there. But um, even in the uh, '94 calls to action, mm-hmm. they do state that they want the Pope's apology, mm-hmm. and he has. It's kind of like the bare minimum, I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of mm-hmm. sad because the first apology 
was made by Stephen Harper mm -hmm. June 11th, 20, 2008. That was, what, 10 years after they've, no, <laughs> sorry. After the last <laughs> that Not was, even 10 years. Uh, no, 12, 12 years. 12 years. 12 12 years. years. Yeah, Can't do math years, right yeah. now. But 12 years after they closed the last mm -hmm. residential school, the first apology. Yeah. And that shocks me. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's, sorry, it shocks you that it took 12 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it shocks me that it took 12 years for them to realize mm -hmm. or kind of own up to what the Canadian government yeah. it was involved in. You know? I mean, I have a little bit of context for that, right? Okay. So when you, when you look at history, though, um, it takes time to see shifts because the same ideas that created the system are still there. Right. Yep, and so, sense. you know, so 12 years, I mean, while, yes, agreed a long time, relative to history is not that far. I mean, it took 40 some years to apologize for Japanese Canadian internment in World right. War II. That is so true, yeah. to get the, you know, for 12 years, because again, those same ideas that create the system are still there. Those still influencers are still mm -hmm. there. If you have a school in 1996, it's hard to apologize, you know, that quickly to that see it as true, wrong. Yeah. So that's why with history, it takes time mm -hmm. to reflect and go back and re-examine. Right. That is true. Yeah, I, I think, do. I think the thing to get frustrated at is more so like, why did it take so long to close the rest, last residential school? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's more so that rather than the apology, because the fact that it took until nineteen ninety what is it nineteen ninety six? Oh yeah. my god, that's crazy. Like yeah. that's like like two seconds ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, yeah, history. It's a short period of time. Yeah, my we're parents about were here. born in nineteen. They grew up like. With yeah. that, I guess, and my, it's really my sad. My oldest brother was my oldest brother was born in 1996. Right. Yeah. So, and I love what you're doing here is you're putting it into context for your yeah. own life and putting it in a timeline, right? And 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 making those connections. That's right. fantastic. Yeah, and um, I think after the last residential school did close, um, they had or they implemented like a class action settlement, which is mm -hmm. the Indian residential school uh, mm -hmm. settlement agreement. Um, and it's been the largest in Canadian history mm -hmm. uh, that I think it, it is large in, largest mm -hmm. in Canadian history. And it was implemented in 2007. So I guess a year before his apology, mm -hmm. he they implemented that. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is they recognize the damage inflicted mm -hmm. on Indigenous peoples. And they established a multi-billion dollar fund to help former students in their recovery mm -hmm. of trauma um, I guess the parents as well, maybe the families yes. got a part of that. Yeah. Um, well, it went, there was approximately, I think, 80,000 residential school survivors wow. involved in that settlement. Um, and I think if my number, I was just looking at the numbers, I think 5,000 opted not to be a part of it. But oh, that, okay. But that okay. is a huge, huge amount. Um, I think the average payout was about $25,000. Wow. But, but again, how, you know you have to share your story in order yeah. to get this. I'm and not even too it's, sure. It's a re-traumatization, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not even too sure if you can buy away that trauma with yeah, money. Exactly. I mean, it's more like they need mental health services more than yeah. they need the money. Yeah. But it does help, obviously, because, you know, yeah. um, Indigenous reserves, are they need that money to... They're not getting proper water mm -hmm. now, you know. They still need that money, obviously, but I think they more yeah. need the... Um, the extra support, yeah. like mentally, physically. Yeah, well, what I would argue is the best thing to come out of that agreement, you're right, I mean, the money can't can't put a Band-Aid on the, on the trauma, but the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, you know, then coming out of that, and then we have our calls to action, right? So mm -hmm. it has to start somewhere. So you have to hold them accountable, mm -hmm. and that agreement does hold, you know, the government accountable. Mm -hmm. But again, just 
a baby step in a, in a marathon journey, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and the TRC, also known as the Truth and Recon Reconciliation Commission, mm -hmm. um, their purpose was to facilitate reconciliation among former students, their families, and their communities, and as well as all Canadians. Um, I'm pretty sure it dissolved in 2015 or around mm -hmm. that, but it was active from 2008, so when that apology was mm -hmm. issued, I guess. Mm -hmm. And a part of um, their purpose was uh, to publish a final report, and in that final report, they included the 94 calls to action. Mm -hmm. So basically, the 94 calls of ac to action are recommendations to restore the relationship between Canadians and Indigenous peoples, mm -hmm. and I the list goes on and on. Like, yeah. I've seen the document yeah, myself. Like, it's like, what, like 10, 10 pages or something? Mm -hmm. It's pretty long. Yeah. It's it's really long. Um, but, yeah. yeah, one of them is for the Pope for to apologize. Yeah. Another is to um, implement, like, Indigenous um, courses in universities mm -hmm. and stuff. So we are seeing a step, but it's going to take some time, obviously, yeah. um, to get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah. Do we know how many of the calls to action were, like, actually, like... C completed I guess I don't know I, I don't know that's yeah. a really good question and but I don't know are, are they meant to be completed or meant to be an ongoing conversation because I know that some of them so were like were things that like like putting laws in or taking laws out but I'm not sure like how many of at least like the yeah. like like the single action ones yeah sure I, that's, that's an excellent question yeah. that I don't have the answer to but yeah. um I know they're not all completed, yeah, <laughs> and I know definitely. there's that's, lots of work to sure. do. Starting with, I mean, even it's called truth and reconciliation. Like, mm -hmm. what do those two words mean, right? right? And you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And and so, I mean, even this year, and Canada was still shocked in May, you know, with the discovery um, uh, of the graves, you know. And so, I I would argue that. That is probably the first time the real truth came out. Right. Um, despite the settlement, you know, despite the apology, mm. um, despite all that, it, it really wasn't until those, I, you know, I felt something shift, um, mm -hmm. right. you know, with that yeah. discovery because that's the truth. That's yeah. that's the truth. The, the truth is there. It's not just a story. It's not just something we made up. It was we all Canadians had to, you know, were confronted with that reality. Yeah. And so now, you know, once the truth comes out, then we can start to heal. But you can't yeah. heal without the truth coming out. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that's true. So. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, well, okay, yeah, the res like the discovery of the unmarked graves, while it was very, very, very sad, um, I feel as though, like, I'm happy that it's finally getting the attention that it deserves. Exactly. Right? So. Um. Because I noticed that, like, like literally no one was talking about residential schools. Like, mm -hmm. at least just, like, in terms of, like, activism and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Like, it was kind of, like, silence on that yeah. front. Um, so I'm glad, well, I'm not, I'm not glad that we found them. But, I mean, at least, like, the families can get closure. Closure, yeah. closure, absolutely. Well, just, and we started the podcast with... Um, Orange Shirt Day, right. right? And so that discovery, look how quickly action, you know, came from that. So right. it is now federally recognized, um, you know, as a holiday, as a day of reflection, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not at the provincial level. So schools were still in, right? But, but would that discovery, you know, would this holiday be if it wasn't for the discovery, mm -hmm. right? And so... So there, there's movement. There is movement. Yeah, and I, I remember the exact day where I heard the news about the 250 yeah. children. 
Um, and I remember looking on social media, like on my Instagram, like there was people reposting it. I didn't believe it at the beginning. I just it's thought it was, in, yeah. it's really hard to take in. And mm -hmm. like the presence on the news that the, mm -hmm. it did not get before, like yes. they've only talked about it because they found that many numbers. And obviously they're discovering more. I think Ms. Archery said that they discovered yes. four different sites and there's mm -hmm. so many more. And even, well, um, I think they, um, there's a, they estimate about to be 1300 graves, wow. I think. So oh again, we're at the beginning and, yeah, um, unfortunately. you know, unfortunately there's going to be more discoveries. Yeah. I think that's inevitable, but again, you know, truth is, is required for reconciliation. Yeah, for sure. And there was like a social turning point. I find like, as soon as people heard about that, I felt that everyone's face was turned towards residential schools. But yes. now that after that discovery, yeah, like the, like after like the hype died down, I feel like this is kind of so much like, like BLM. I feel yeah. Like remember, like back in like what was it last summer? Yeah. Last summer, yeah. the uh, Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. movement. It, it dies down, obviously, yes. but I mean that, um, yeah. Like it, it's silenced now. We don't. We're not uh, hearing anymore. And I know anything. that. I think Doug Ford did mention that they were gonna put some money in to like find the ones in Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, there's a CBC article on it. And um, obviously that's gonna take three years. That's what they, yeah. that's what they planned. But um, it's very sad that it's, it's gonna take a lot of time for those families to get closure. Yeah. But I do respect that they are trying to get some closure at least and not yeah. letting it just be silent. Well, I, I disagree with you on, on you saying that it's, um, you know, gone away because you're here doing this podcast. So I think, you know, that's my hope is mm -hmm. that there really is, uh, you right. know, your generation really does care and yeah, really sure. does want to know. That's the hope. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it'll, sure. it'll only be silent if we stay silent. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. so, you know, doing this podcast is, this is part of the truth and reconciliation right. process, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the only way for us to move forward as Canadians um, is to accept it, but to also put that effort in into restoring that relationship because yeah. um, even now, there, I feel like there still is this gap between us Indigenous peoples. Um, I love the fact that they added that course in English oh, about yeah. the Indigenous, I think mm -hmm. it's culture, right? Yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. too sure exactly what it is, but it's an Indigenous course. Yeah, th so it's it's still English, but I think you're doing it through an Indigenous lens, right? Because wow. it's always yeah. the content, but you can always change the lens by which you view something. Right. So mm -hmm, for sure. um, having Indigenous focus is great because you're still getting the English skills, right? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, with Orange Shirt Day coming up this Thursday, it's a, it's a day of reflection, a day of mm -hmm. standing in solidarity for the families, yeah. children, and basically everyone affected by those schools. Yeah. Um, and continue to be again that yeah, I, I just exactly. I, you know I, I don't want to yeah, yeah. but that intergenerational trauma, trauma is so yeah. important because it, it breaks down family units and so you can't parent if you've never been parented mm -hmm. and so that's so you know even though they didn't sit in a residential school those children the grandchildren are impacted still so yeah, yeah for sure and a uh, quick question what does orange shirt day mean to you <sighs> a lot but like yeah. it's good question um what does it mean to me well it means it means i don't know I, I would have to think on this what does it mean it means a day to reflect i think you said it beautifully it's a day to um you know educate ourselves a little more take a little step towards something um i think it's um 
an important day. And yeah, I just think it's, it's a small step in the right direction. Mm. For sure. Yeah. 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 For, um, for me personally, it's obviously a day to reflect, a day to stand in solidarity, but it's also, I feel a reflection of, or a reminder that Canada is not a perfect country. We're compared mm. to the States as this better yeah. America. And it's really sad because we have hidden our dark past for so long. <laughs> yes. um, and it's time, it's finally time to acknowledge our past and find a way to move forward. And I think obviously the only way to do that is to rebuild that relationship. And mm -hmm. I think um, the Canadian government is, is taking a step forward and um, owning up to their past and trying to find ways to mm -hmm. um, improve it. I mean, obviously the, obviously the Indigenous are still yeah. lacking in certain parts, but yeah. um, I think that the fact that we're getting more awareness of it, yes. um, it's, it's little baby yeah. steps. I, I, I just hesitate to say, you know, that I don't, that the government is um, doing as much as they could. Oh, right? definitely like, no. Drinking definitely water. No. Um, oh, no. There's just so many issues that if they, you know, to me, if they were really serious oh, for sure. about reconciliation, then some of these other issues would be addressed. For so sure. we yeah. still have to hold our, you know, politicians accountable. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're definitely not doing enough, but I do think that the awareness is getting to the point where well, we need it. Yeah, so the discovery, there's turning points in, hi in oh, history. Sure. You talk about turning points, right? And so that discovery, you know, definitely is a turning point. Um, but we're still gonna, we still have to be, you know, active, um, about that demanding, you know, services for yeah. our indigenous people. It's definitely a, a reminder of what we need to improve on. Absolutely. Everyone, everyone needs to take that awareness in and kind of apply it to how they treat others, not just indigenous, but I feel mm -hmm. like in general, um, yeah. and you know, to acknowledge our, our past yeah. and there's nothing, no harm in that. That's how we move forward obviously absolutely yeah Agreed. what about you what does orange shirt day mean to you um orange shirt day to me is a chance for non-indigenous people like us to um kind of um of course reflect but also i think it's good to um do our like own research exactly. i think that's very important because um i feel like uh doing research is a big part of uh Mm, what uh, you said, uh, trying to reconcile the past. Um, I also think it's a chance to like, um, it, like recognize Canada's history with like white supremacy because colonization mm -hmm. is definitely one of the first examples of white supremacy mm -hmm. um, in Canada. And I mean, the the after effects of white supremacy continue on to Absolutely. today. So you know. Absolutely. I mean. It, it's embedded in our institutions, yeah. right? And we started with like the church as well. Yeah. So you know, our education systems, yeah. our legal systems, um, there's so much work to be done, yeah. right? But it's um, it's important work. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I guess on the orange shirt day, it is a powerful day, but I want to be very careful too that it's not just I wear my orange shirt and I've done yeah, my part, exactly. you know? So it's it's that's why to me it's really about the education piece right. and taking that time to read a blog, you know, yeah. um, find an indigenous writer, mm -hmm. um, find something to just take that one step closer. So use a day to learn something new, not just wear the orange shirt, but just read right. like something new, like, find like, a new resource, find just right. something new exactly, yeah. to extend that knowledge a little bit, and then you can build on it. So it's exactly. not just wear the orange shirt and, and then away you go. Yeah. It's, it's adding to a knowledge base so that we can change those systems yeah. and, you know, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, thank you, Mrs. McAndrew, for joining us. It was awesome <laughs> to learn 
It was a you pleasure. Know, yeah, for sure. So excited um, you did this. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great, honestly, to talk about it. I think um, the indigenous people deserve some awareness about yeah. their past and stuff. Um, but yeah, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for watching, um, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Okay. Bye.